We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to the elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Hi, I'm Keely, and it's Tuesday. No, it's not. It's Wednesday, the 17th of May, 2023. <clears throat> and I'm Wentz. And you're listening to... The, the New, New Blurt. I can't take it anymore. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to The New Blurt. Well, they say that practice makes perfect, Wincy, and we did actually practice the start of this show, and so I perfected making sure that I said it was Tuesday. So, exactly. Uh, Old habits die hard. <laughs> they do. They do die very hard. But before we go uh, any further with the show tonight, I would just like to say, tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country, call a nation of the Woiwurrung people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. And I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I live and work, the Yagra and Turbul peoples here in Brisbane. Sovereignty was never ceded. Beautiful. Lovely. Awesome to see you, Wensi. We've got heaps on tonight, so we need to crack on with the show. We're going to talk yep. about beavers uh, saving climate change. Um, that'll be a little conversation. And we're also going to talk about El Nino. What is it? Should we get it? Do we need one? And um, yeah, are they contagious? And uh, the other, <laughs> the other thing is, we're going to also talk about Sleepy Joe, as it says in our um, in our title there. Sleepy Joe uh, Biden, that is. It's not really nice to call him Sleepy Joe, but he is a so he probably likes a lot of sleep. So I know I do. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's stumping Australia to raise the debt ceiling. We'll have a little chat about that. But um, the other main segments tonight are Beeducation, where I'll be talking about Deeds XPA, where one of our very fellow colleagues of the Deeds Persuasion is actually at that brewer as we speak right now, enjoying. So we, we should try to uh, cross to him live, but I'm not really sure how you do that. Uh, mm. But um, it'd be interesting if he's still there. I don't know if he is. Yeah. But... Um, but anyway, we'll see how that goes. And we will also do listen to this tonight. We haven't done listen to this for a long time, mainly because of copyright issues with us trying to talk about bands, etc. But I do have Bloody some copyrights. really excellent news on that um, when we get to listen to this uh, tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about Eurovision. Did, mm -hmm. And we'll talk about, you know, did we watch it? Was it fun? Who in your house? Did you have a party? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we go any further, I I don't need to do anything right yet at, at the moment. I thought I did, but I don't know. So, <laughs> so I believe you've got some show and tell, a.k.a. homework from last week. I need to get a homework sting, I think. Yeah, I might have to. Um, I I yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you come up with. Um, oh, maybe a bit of Pink Floyd. Hey, uh, teacher, uh, we don't. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Lovely. There's an that's idea. Home, Live. That's, that's, that's home, homework for me. <laughs> homework um, for you to make the homework, the homework. There we that's go. That's right. Exactly right. 
exactly all right, right so homework my homework from last week was we we're talking about lifeblood and i mentioned that i cannot uh donate blood yes and you the reason and i spoke to my sister because um she actually worked for the um for a company that does the um uh extraction of the, of the blood so when when you go and take your blood out she sure. works in the back room where she takes the bags full of blood gets them out of the machine or whatever they do pack them up put the labels on etc so she worked there so we had a chat over it over this just, last week just anyone uh listening uh to the program uh, what wenty's described there sounds very not very sterile uh, but I can assure you that it is a very sterile environment. Oh, sure. And when you do give blood, someone else pulls it out of your arm. You don't have to do it yourself. So, no. you know, just uh, yeah. just remember that. Yeah, exactly. So, That's yeah, awesome. so we talked about it. And the reason why I can't donate blood is because I was born and lived in Chile. Yes, you For a period of time. And yeah. the reason is because there's a parasite and it creates a it can potentially give you chagas chagras disease and so it's it's a little parasite and i'm just going to give you a little show and tell of what it looks like so that's the parasite so a bit bigger than a ladybug i guess and oh. um yeah so there's potential that so like a mosquito like other bugs it can bite you and then drop some feces on you nice. and if you rub that feces into your skin or broken skin um it can give you this chagas disease and it affects many millions of latin americans pred predominantly um so uh yeah so one of the symptoms is you get this oh, Jesus where Christ. it's as if you've had a black eye and you get swelling yeah. in, the, in the eye or, or it could be wherever it is that you've wow. rubbed that that um location where where it uh, bit you does it go down uh i think eventually it does it um can be treated uh oh, it doesn't god yeah, so it's pretty pretty chronic. Um, it's pretty chronic. She would be, or is that, uh, I don't know if it's a he, he or she, don't know. would Can't be tell. basically legally blind looking at that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty terrible. But I've got yeah. to say also, it's not nice when anything shits on you at all. It doesn't really matter how small it is. No. Um, so, you know, no, exactly. you don't want to be rubbing so, any, anyone's feces into yourself. That's not a good idea. Yeah. So even though I've never suffered that, um, I can't donate blood because it it's not screened here in Australia, and so I'll continue on with the um, the show or with the slideshow. I mean, so there's a from the CDC in America. There's the um infects you and things like that. But the reason why you can donate plasma if you do have Chagas disease is because it's not part of the bloodstream. So what I didn't realize was plasma is actually separate from the blood. And yeah. so I always thought that they took the plasma out, out of the 
red blood cells somehow. Yeah. But it's the, yeah, so, it's so did I. So did I, yeah. Yeah. So basically it's the red cells, blood cells that float in the plasma. So when you go to the blood bank or lifeblood, they take all your blood out, but then they just return the red blood cells, platelets and the white blood cells and just leave the plasma behind. <clears throat> oh, wow. That's because the Chagas disease does not does not affect plasma, then that's why I can donate plasma. So, yeah. So that was my homework. Well, I reckon that's pretty good. Very, very good, actually. And it's just in time for this. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. When you listen, yes, or plasma. Exactly right. So... I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure live how much uh, came through then because we just had a couple of uh, removing and putting things in place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, that's fine. Uh, if you're listening to it on the pod, you probably won't have perfect. It. Yeah, well, it wouldn't go that far. But it'll be all right. It'll be okay. It'll be listenable. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Actually, talking about listenable, fine. Look, just that's awesome. By the way, brilliant, brilliant work on your homework and. No um, I think we need a little bit of this. Yeah, that, that was well done. That was Thank very you. well done. Thank you. Something else that's pretty well done is uh, happy Ida Hobbit Day to you, Wensi. Yes, happy Ida Hobbit to you. I've got my, my badges. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, no, here that says Proud Parent. Oh, nice. With the trans flag, the rainbow flag, and a bunch of other flags. And the ally flag. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice, nice, nice. So in case uh, you've been living in a cave for a while, Ida Hobbit is International Day of Homophobic and Bisexual Intersex and Transgender, I believe. I think that's, that's correct. That's right. I did have something here to read out. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so you were right. International Day Against Homophobia, Biophobia and Transphobia. It's a, 17th of May is a special day for the LGTB, LGTQIA plus community as it was on this date in 1990 that the WHO, World Health Organization, removed homosexuality from being classified as a disease. Can you believe oh that? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> yes, I can. That's disgraceful. Um, just the way it was, wasn't it? which has been corrected. Thank goodness for that. You know what, though? You um, know what, though? 1990, yeah. the UN might have done that, but in 1996, it was still illegal in Tasmania. I know, I know. That's terrible, isn't it? But didn't that get changed in 1999? Seven. So it was 97. Okay. Yeah, 1997. Right. But I've got to say, ever since then, they have basically been about face and been like one of the uh, sort of most rainbow pride sort of states in Australia now, really. Mm. I mean, so many things that they're doing, um, uh, you know, tr uh, transgender rights and, um, yeah. as I say, against homophobia and all that sort of stuff. A classic example of that was when that woman from England um, went to, and she was a, a feminist apparently, which many feminists are very upset about um, her uh, sort of using that title because mm. uh, she's so against uh, transgender. Yeah. Um, and just had this really sort of evilness about it. 
Um, anyway, the people in Hobart just basically pushed her out of the state. And um, Tasmania, uh, New Zealand did a really good job too. They went there yeah. and I think in Auckland they started throwing things. <laughs> so. <laughs> good. So that's exactly what she deserves. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I apologise. Have you got more on that? Uh, when's you go for it if you do? Uh, no, no. Um, that's all I wanted to say that, yes, just, um, yeah, be aware. Don't just wear rainbow colours on this day. Just think about um, about being free and open. Uh, don't have a closed mindset about uh, anyone in the transgender uh, or, or gay community. Um, they're no different to us. They just, that's how they identify, so don't uh, use that against them and just be um, accepting. Yeah, look, absolutely. We've got a little uh, a bit for Ida Hobbit Day. Do you want me to play that with you? Go for it. Oh, my friend, hold on. I will do so. I'll just change the screen. It's a lie. There's a good chance it won't. <laughs> because It'll be smoothless in the this podcast, bit, of course. Yes, of course. This bit um, I didn't download, so it might just shit itself completely. Um, it looks like it's going to... I uh, love the spinning wheel of circle life, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like better. it's from the minus18.org website. Uh, yes, yes, that's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll have that um, in the show notes anyway. It's a, it's, it's a very good little um, Ida Hobbit Day YouTube um, that I highly recommend that you do listen to. Mm. Um, one, one thing I did want to talk about though, a couple of pretty, uh, interesting things. Um, one is mm. that on the show a while ago, we talked about, um, we talked about PFAS, which was oh. the, oh, excuse um, you. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, um, it's a contamination, uh, from fighting firefighting foam at seven sites across the country, but yes. residents are calling the amount atrocious. So. Uh, we did talk about this on the show, and the Commonwealth will pay out about 132.7 million to about 30,000 claimants. Doesn't sound like much. No, well, I haven't done the maths on that. Uh, if you want to do the maths on that, while well, I read out a little bit of uh, stuff here. Um, the claim alleged land owners. Sorry, what was that? Landowners at the sites were exposed to poison. Uh, what were the numbers the again? Firefighting firm. Oh, 30,000. Uh, put that into 132.7 million. Um, I think that's about $4,500. Yeah. No, it's not much, is it? Jesus, that's really not a lot. Uh, anyway, um, for the Commonwealth, over historic yeah. contaminations of regional towns, the settlement follows a two and a half, 12, two, sorry, 212 million PFAS payout for property value loss and distress in Catherine Oakey and in and William Williamtown. Um, Catherine Oakey and Williamtown. Sorry, they're three towns. I apologize. PFAS is a broad name for 4,700 heat resistant chemicals that were found to be toxic in groundwater near Air Force bases. Now, as I say, we've talked about this before. So 
132.7 million. It's not a lot, but it's probably a shizen load more than the other lot was going to pay out, which I think would have been a duck egg, basically. Um, yeah, pretty much. So it's, um, yeah, not, yeah, it's something, but not as much as we would like, which I think seems to be the theme at the moment. Mm. <laughs> something, but not as much as we would like. So, yeah. Yeah, a bit like um, the budget. <laughs> yeah, we last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But there are some things that we did talk about in the budget um, that aren't actually coming in until September. So there are some uh, good things there with uh, rent assistance, and I think there's some really good stuff on childcare as well, which should mm. help out uh, quite a few uh, people. Um, yeah, from from good. that perspective. But uh, yeah, I mean. The fact is that, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go on this very long, but the fact is that you've got the opposition um, obviously sniping from the side as usual. Uh, so, oh, you know, we should be, because um, I heard some of the Liberal Party people on before the budget, they were like, oh, we've got to be raising um, uh, job, seekers, uh, job seekers not high enough, et cetera, et cetera. But as soon as you nail them, as soon as you 100% mm. nail them, and said, well, if you were in, would you raise it? They changed the subject in about two seconds. And, yeah, um, oh, bright shiny object. What did yeah, you do yeah. for nine years? Uh, yeah. Tweet FA. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much 100% true. And I think the more and more I listen to people, I think they're a little bit disappointed because they wanted a bit more uh, mm. from the government they've got at the moment. But there is no doubt in my mind in any way, shape or form that they want to have the other mob in any hurry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess the advantage we've got at the moment is we've got very low unemployment rates. So like the federal government have mentioned over the past week or two, their focus is trying to get people off JobSeeker into work, which would give get them out of the poverty. So if they're successful in that, then I think people will probably forget that they didn't raise it by much. So hopefully we'll see what happens in 12 months or, or more. Yeah, look, ab ab absolutely, absolutely. And hopefully by then, inflation's gone down a little bit as well. Yeah, exactly. One thing one thing I did want to say was congratulations to Sam Kerr, who plays for the uh, Chelsea uh, women's uh, premiership team, uh, soccer mm -hmm. premiership team. What has she done? Uh, uh, they won the FA Cup, and I believe that she was one of the stalwarts, one of the winning goals, etc. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, work, so she's, yeah, absolutely. So she's... Um, Basically, uh, I think named as one of the best uh, women players in the world now. It's it's totally recognised. Yeah. So, and I know also that they're trying to get. I I'm not 100 sure if it's the. No, it won't be because um, FIFA will never come here. So it'll be <laughs> the world. Um, um, it'll be the 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 world women soccer league. Mm. Because I don't think that's run by FIFA, but I'm not sure. Oh, um, it would be if it's soccer; oh, it would have to be run by FIFA. Okay. Well, they're yeah. trying to get they're trying to get the World Cup for women in Australia, I believe. Yeah, maybe we should cover that in a our sports segment in the, I the think future. We will. We might do a sports of all sorts on that. I think. Mm. And um, there's a friend of mine too. He's he's a bit of a um, he's a bit of a podcast. Uh, sort of junkie. So we might be able to see if we can get him on too. Um, oh, awesome. He's quite a bit younger than us, but uh, he knows quite a bit when it comes to sports. So it'll be okay. interesting. And he follows soccer and those sort of things. So 
I'll have a I'll, I'll have a chat and I'll yeah yeah I'll uh, yeah not like us um so <laughs> I'll uh, I'll work, footy I'll work yes yes soccer exactly not right. so much and, oh yeah forgot to say go pies anyway, yes um, number one pies <laughs> yes number one number one with the board anyway talk about number one number one segment of Wednesdays. Meister, do you want to go first or? Sure can. All right, my friends, let's, just, let's rock it on. Let's just share our usual uh, review sheet. sheet. Tasting yes. sheet, that's what it is. That's All right. the word. Folks, this week, this month, we do it monthly, I think. Um, I uh, yeah, am, much, I think, yeah. yeah. I think so, once a month. Um, yeah. Could be every week, but we shouldn't. But once in a month, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm reviewing Five Barrel Brewing, and it's... I'm, I thought you were going to say five beers. Uh. Five beers. Oh, maybe that'll be next month. I don't know if you can see that clearly. Uh, yes, Navigator. Again, five Barrel Brewing. Yes, yes, Navigator. And where... Navigator what, uh, Red What state is that from? What state is that from? That is from uh, Wollongong, if, if I remember correctly. Oh yes, it is. Yes, that's New South Wales. Isn't it? Yes, it is. That's New yeah, South New South Wales. Wales. Yeah. So nice. the um, gong, the gong, nice. The gong. So, tell you quickly a little bit about it before I crack it open. Nice. Um, darker, and this is straight from their website. So, darker yeah. doesn't always mean stronger. Red IPAs usually carry a maltiness that you don't find with paler styles. The malt character can range from a light caramel to full-on rich toffee and toast. Uh, this one has a wonderful fruit, pine, and spice balance that develops on the palate. It's got a firm bitterness, but the caramel sweetness rounds it out to ensure your senses aren't overwhelmed. It's 6.5% um, ABV of alcohol. Ooh, you so want, want too many of those babies. It uh, depends on the reason why you're drinking. <laughs> uh, 1.2 standard drinks in the can. <laughs> um, yes. IBU. 50, which is IBB not too bitter. So that's the bitterest, bitterness scale. Yeah. Uh, uses uh, you know, of... you, you know what we're going to have to do with the bitterness scale? What we're going to have to do is get to rename that the Abbott scale. And like when it's really bitter, it's like, you know, nearly Abbott. And then yeah. when it's up the other end, it'll have to be like... Um, Albanese? Uh, well, if you like, but maybe someone who would be better than that. Um, Bob Brown, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. So, is it a bit Bob Brownie? Is it a bit Abbey? And uh... okay. all right. <laughs> so, okay, <clears throat> enough talking. Yes, more drinking, open. more drink. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend. All rock right, on. Let's go. Rock and Appearance. roll. Where's my glass? There's yes, the appearance is transparent. All right, okay, we're good now. No, 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 it's coming. It's a coming. It's a coming. Ooh, oh, geez, that's really dark. It is, isn't oh. it? And and what is it? Dark ale or what was it? What do you say? No, it it's just it's a red IPA, but it's a bit oh, on the darker side. It's quite yeah, brown. It does look, yeah, it does look dark. No, it does. Yep, 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 yep. It does. 
All right. Appearance. I do like the color. It's very caramelly, almost like a, a light toffee colored or mm, dark beautiful. toffee, I mean. Yeah. So quite nice. Yes. Um, so appearance, I give it a, a nine. It's quite Ooh. a nice color for a flowing it's amber. Nice. It is, yeah, it's right. quite nice. Yep, 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 yep. So smell. Can definitely taste a bit of or smell a bit of um, citrusy. Old socks. Yeah, citrus. I'm not sure what it's meant to be, but citrus. Right. That's interesting. In a dark yeah. owl, citrus. In wow. a dark owl, yeah. I'll give okay. that an eight. Okay. All right. Time for the taste. All righty, let's rock on. Now we're not mucking about. Not bitter. Not overly bitter. It's, there's a bit of bitterness there. Not not overly avid. Okay. Yeah. So halfway between avid and brown. Um, it's a bit Aberdown. Aberdown. Um, definitely a bit chocolatey, toffee chocolate, almost, almost like an eclair. So, oh, okay, wow. So, and it does talk um, about that too. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's I would give that a twenty-five. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Aftertaste, I can still taste some of that caramel. And the bitterness is lingering a little bit, um, which I don't that, mind. I'm, the abbotness. The abbotness. I'm not opposed to a bit of abbot in that respect. <laughs> not in real life. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not in real life. I give that a 16. Drinkability. Oops. I don't know what happened. 162. Nice. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it said there. 16. There we go. There we go. There That's we go. And drinkability. Well, I'm going to have to taste it again to see if it's drinkable. <laughs> I'll give that a 26. All righty. That's an 84 for you. Nice. Yes. You're always on the highs. That, that looks like that's a very good beer as well. Mm. Very, very Maybe I just like all beers and they'll always be high. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be 100% true. That could be 100% true. But now you've done your good deed. <gasps> Is that a segue? I, I will give you some deeds. <laughs> so the deeds XBA, oh, I'll tell you what I should have done there. Oh, I can't do that, but anyway. Um, the deeds XBA is a laid-back, easy sipper. Made with 100% Australian pale malt and juicy blend of hops, it's refreshing and tasty tinny. Enjoy each sip with a balanced abbotness and slightly dry finish. Get into it! <laughs> and then it says, get into it! Get into it. Get into it. <laughs> awesome. Deeds, Deeds Brewing is proudly independent and was founded in 2012 by mates Pat and Dave in Melbourne's Inner East. Brewing beers that proves deeds speak louder than words. Now, deeds is indeed not very far away from me at all. And oh, where are they? Exactly where they are. They are Four Parren Place, P-A-R-A-N, Glen Iris, Victoria. Oh. It's approximately 25-minute drive from my house. Nice. And from our colleague, Mick the Ambo, 
Uh, it is basically a two-minute drive or a 30-minute oh. stumble. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be happening right about now for well, him. Well, yes, it could be because uh, he seemed to be partaking in uh, in some of the uh, wonders of the Deeds Brewery. Which yes, I he have was having, um, what was he having, a dark lager? Yes, I, I believe so. Yes, yeah, midnight yes, he rain. Was. Yeah, midnight rain. So I have to try that one time. But um, I have been there. The brewery, the brewery is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really, is really it? good. Can't remember if we had food there. I don't think we did. Might have to go there when I'm in Melbourne next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We don't have a lot of time. But um, but yes, 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 yes. So here we go. Where are here we? Here we go. I'm trying to find the window. There's a window here somewhere. <laughs> hey, hey, there it is. Got there eventually. Did. <laughs> Now, the interesting oh. thing about mm-hmm. this is that this is an XPA. Look how it's light that is light. for an XPA. I know. It's exactly what I was going to say. Look how light that is for an XPA. It's incredibly yeah. light for an XPA. And also for an XPA. Sorry. Mm. There also, it's not Brick Lane, but there you go. Um, oh, I've got something to say about Brick Lane in a minute. Oh, good. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, as you can see, lovely, lovely color, but mm. very, yeah, I agree with it's you a, 100%. It's almost like a, a, lager. a, a yeah, lager or tropical pale ale yeah. where they're really Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I would totally mm. agree with that. It, it's not like an XBA at all. And, mm. um, the other thing that it's not really XBA-ish is that most of the time XBA is 6% and over from my yeah. experience. This yep. is only 4.2. Jeez. They yep. turned off the uh, the the alcohol tap on that one. Yeah, I know, and it's interesting because um, at the brewery they have quite a few that are you know decent alcohol content. So, um, so appearance, to be honest, I would probably not give it that much because it's not yeah. how, as I would expect it. So I probably maybe give it six. Six. Oh, interesting. Let's hope it's all uphill from there. Well, the, the smell's good. It's a really nice waft. Um, but it just, it, it just, it doesn't have that thick sort of XBA waft, if you know what I mean. It's very light. Mm. It's, it's, it is very light. Well, I'll, I'll give it a Because XBAs can also, almost be hazy. Yes, I totally agree, 100%. Yeah. So, so smell, like I'd probably give it about eight. I'd give it about eight, eight. for smell. Okay, well, that's, that's decent. It's a very good beer. It's a really, really nice beer. Um, I'll probably give it 26. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it's a very good beer. Aftertaste. Yeah, it's just a tad of Abbott. Mm-hmm. But you're able to smack that Abbottness out quite quickly, which is nice. Uh, that's good. That's really yeah. important. Got to smack that. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I thought I better not. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds uh, it, it, it rhymes with rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling, but you know, I'm not going to say it at the moment either. Um, but I'm thinking you're thinking ditch or something. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's what. I was now after taste, very good. Uh, as I say, a bit of ab- abbotness back there. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty good. Oh, I say seventeen. Pretty good. Seventeen, nice. 
Drinkability is like really high. You could easily see yourself drinking very, very responsibly a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only 4.5%, so I can yeah. understand that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So oh, probably it's definitely in the 20s, probably 26. 26, 26 maybe. All right, you're the maths boy. 81, I think. No, 83, actually. I think it's 83. Yeah, it sounds about right. Wow. So you win again, but we're really close this time. We're really close this week, yeah. Last time was there was a bit of a difference, but... Yeah, no, that's... Still only six points, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Mickey's on the the money here. Deeds, XPA, people, go out and get it. And what was yours, Wensi? Oh, excuse me. Mine was the Five Barrels Brewing Navigator Red IPA. Do yourself a favor and go grab yourself a carton. If I thought you were going to say keg. <laughs> or a growler. Uh, yes, we've got to be careful when you do that. You might get total. But anyway. Um, that was some good thing, beers there. It was. It was awesome. That was uh, really, really nice. And uh, something else that's uh, pretty awesome. We will be back to listen to oh we need to add the uh, sound back to the stream it always does this real teeth we change minds to donate head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. It's very simple. Stop what you're doing and listen to this. Yes, listen to the screaming sheep. He knows what he's talking about. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so Eurovision. Did you did you end up watching it? No, I did not get a chance to watch it this year. Um, I was too busy. Yes, banners. Oh, that's fine. That's great. So yeah, so look, I um, I knew it was on, and I do that. I tend to do this every year. I know it's on. I, I know it's on SBS, but mm. uh, for whatever. I always um, always end up missing it, and then afterwards I try yeah. to find out who won and, and all the rest of it. But um, <clears throat> it is a it is a really big um, deal, and it seems to be getting bigger, which is interesting because mm. apparently SBS don't have the contract for Eurovision uh, next year yet. Oh um, no! That yeah, it. apparently. Yeah, well, I absolutely do as well. I mean, I think Australia came ninth in this one. Um, yeah, yeah. They got as high as uh, five, I think, at one point in the early rounds. Yes, I, th- I think that's right. Um, they were called Voyager. I don't actually have any of uh, them at the moment, which is a little bit of a shame. But um, what I do have is the winner um from sweden and it'll be interesting what you think of this because mm. it'll be interesting what you think of this um okay so i will uh do a little bit of uh shifty shifty and we hopefully right. maybe this may work we'll just gonna, see how we go i'm going to channel some abba let's see yeah 
yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, not my cup of tea at all. I, I mean, I'm never a big fan of people with long fingernails anyway. Um, it, it's, it scares me. I'm not. It doesn't, it doesn't make me warm to the individual very much at all. And, um, and, and I don't, I'm not particularly enamoured with the outfit that looks like she's basically been rolling in mud. I'm not sure the ideas here. I can't quite work it out. Um, and I really don't like it. I don't like the song. And I think it's terrible. Banded one. So what do I know? Um, yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah, not much at all by the looks of it. <laughs> I can. No. <laughs> um, but you don't and, want to. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, not... Yeah, not my cup of tea either. Nah, I can't. Yeah, nah. So, yeah, dancing above a ceiling and then, you know, as I say, those nails, I just, you need to get her nails done and I can't handle that. I mean, seriously, mm. I know it's a me thing. I need to get over it. I understand. But uh, a lot of people enjoy what she's doing. Yeah. But uh, I, I am not one of those. So maybe yeah. she likes so um, Edward Scissorhands. Oh yes, maybe. Maybe she, she loved <laughs> but, it when she was a kid. She grew up with it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that was. Uh, maybe uh, that was what she modelled herself. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. But, but uh, yeah, no. That's Didn't not like the that. first time Didn't she's like won it, is it? Really? That She's won it twice. She won it, I think it was 2012, if anyone out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but she's the first female artist to, to win, win it twice. Twice. And Jesus, been who voted for her the first time, let alone the second time? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, Maybe God, she had shorter nails back then and it <laughs> took her 10 years to grow that long. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I didn't see her feet, but I don't want to see her feet. Seriously, that would just Oh, terrible. yeah, no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> no, I've seen Guinness Book of Records with people with long toenails. No, no thanks. Not. No, no, I totally agree. I, to I totally 100% agree. Um, I do have some really good news, though. Um we went to the jazz lab, which is probably only about uh, 10 minutes from my house, which we're very lucky about mm. because the jazz lab has uh, international uh, artists that play all over the world, which obviously they oh, would yeah. because that's usually what international means. But anyway, um, their standard is absolutely world-class. They're really, really good. And we went and saw this uh, girl that I highly recommend every um, – every listener to this show go and mm -hmm. find, and I'm going to put it in the show notes anyway, Rita Satch, R-I-T-A-S-A-T-C-H is the surname, Rita Satch. And she's sort of a cross between um, sort of Amy Winehouse and uh, Ella Fitzgerald and sort of Billie Holiday, all those sort of really big voices but with a really uh, – grungy sort of low range as well and an amazing high range and um we were just really really lucky um she's she's quite young 
and mm. um, she's basically uh, trying to get a sort of name internationally, you, you know, from a, a commercial perspective. Oh. And uh, I don't believe that she's had an album released yet. Um, EPs? Yes, it, definitely EPs. Um, and we, as I said, we, we were very lucky to see her at the Jazz Lab. And I highly recommend that if she does come to Brisbane, et cetera, that you do check her out um, or wherever you are uh, in the world uh, because she does get around uh, in that she's been um, in England. She's played at Glastonbury. She's um, she's played uh, through Europe. She played, I think she's played in America. I'm pretty damn mm-hmm. sure she has. In fact, I know she has. Um, and, yeah, I think she's played around the States of Australia as well. So she's played at the basement, Bird's Basement in um, Melbourne, which is a pretty big jazz uh, club. Um, so she's played at some really uh, cool venues, and she is world-class. She's absolutely mm. outstanding. I'm slightly biased, but I do think she is outstanding. So um, if you get a chance, she does have an EP. Go out and have a listen to the EP. I don't think you'll be disappointed. She's got a fantastic voice. Um, anyway. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking up her discography on Spotify. and Yeah, it's mainly singles on Spotify, so I don't know if she's got there other is an EPs e- elsewhere. Yeah, there is an EP, and uh, mm. I, think, I think there's nice. four or five on the EP. So um, I could probably drop the YouTube uh, playlist uh, link I think because it's public, so it should be fine. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, cut to the chase. Awesome. I had a chat with Rita at the end of her um, uh, set, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, she's very, very happy to uh, come on the show and promote her album when it is released uh, later this year. Awesome. Uh, that'd be a great get, that one. It, it it will be, and it'll be a very exciting time because uh, yeah, she is she is extraordinary. I I actually believe she is extraordinary. Um, it was a fantastic night when we were there a couple of uh, weeks ago. She absolutely is world class, and um, yeah, it's just effortless uh, how how she sings. So yeah, so that'll be a fantastic get for the um the new blurt, and uh, we look forward to it because we've been trying to do this sort of stuff ever since we started this segment. So it's nice that we, we're going to be able to get a chance. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, so that should be good. Should be good. And uh, something else I was thinking about the other day as well is we should probably follow up with Good Edie. Um, I know that's uh, Green there done that segment, mm. but um, we're not too far away from that, so I thought I'd just mention it while we're there. Um, True. But anyway, so I think it is time for Green there done that. So here we go. These fires are certainly not a function of climate change, they're just a function of life in Australia. Why would a scientist want to change people's vote? I mean, this, this is, you saw the spin over the past week as they drip fed. The poll that came out last month, which found one in four Americans, is skeptical of the impacts of climate change and thinks this issue's been exaggerated. It's cold. You're listening to Green There, Done That on the new blurb with Wincy and the Kexer. You are indeed. I believe, Wensi, you have mm-hmm. some El Nino news to talk to us about. Si, senor. I have El Nino on, on board here. 
Um, you said that so beautifully. That was beautifully. I could not say it that well. I, I did. Terrible. Any sort of Spanish accent, I'm shocked. I can't do a Spanish accent. Mine is definitely not a Spanish accent. It's a it's a an Aussie accent that just happens to sound <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Sorry, well, that speaks Spanish. It, it it sounds Spanish if you're not Spanish. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so yes, El Nino. Um, there are some climate models going around um, recently where they're predicting a super El Nino coming to a country near you later in the year. Um, yeah, so it's a super should El Nino. Should, should we be rolling out the red carpet for that or should we be battling down the hatches? Which, which way should I think we be? battling down the hatches with some big um, brick walls or something to stop the, uh, the, the water, uh, the water, torrential water coming in. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just just be 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 careful. Keep an eye on the uh, on the bomb. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so when a super El Nino comes around, it's usually marked by very high temperatures, um, especially around the equator. And the last um, extreme El Nino happened in 2016. So what's that? Seven years ago. Um, back then, it pushed global temperatures to the highest on record. Uh, not helped by the fact we've got climate change happening as well, so not good. Um, what else have I got here? Just lost my page. Here we go. Um, so, what actually is El Nino, or is it El Nino or El Nino? Like, where, where does the phrase come from? How did they name it? What's what's the history, and how damaging is it to us? Is so, it as bad El Nino. As El Nino. What's what's the difference? So it's El Nino or La Nina. So oh, El Nino. Being, Got it. Yeah. So El being the masculine form of the, La yeah. being fe feminine. Yeah. So what we're saying one's a male um, weather event and one's a female weather event. Yeah. So they basically flip over. So on one part of the Pacific Ocean it'll be wet, and on the other side it'll be dry and uh and then vice versa for the other one so it, it started it, it came about because usually around christmas time which is um uh i think they call it nino something to do with children um and and festivities of christmas is what they use in in latin america i think um not very familiar with it because I don't really, I haven't really looked into that or remember that myself, but um, because it's to do, oh, it's probably to do with the nativity scene because it's got the little baby boy. So they called it El Nino. That's my guess. Um, right. So which, yeah, which so one blows? Which one blows? The, oh, that I don't know. The male event or the... Not too sure. Right. Okay, but yes, so Continue. it started in... Yeah, so because it's hot on one side, um, yeah, that I'm pretty sure that was the El Nino when it's hot on the South American side. I know La Nina mm. was when we, yeah, because La Nina is what we just what we had just... last year, wasn't it? With lots of yeah that we've had in the last rain. couple of years, so it's wetter. On our side, yeah, yeah, that's, so that's right, that's right. 
Yeah. yeah. So, and so because it's wet on our side, it's hotter on the South American side. So they've had bushfires the last uh, few seasons. Right. Yes, they have. Uh, whereas yeah, we yeah. haven't really had that many bushfires the last two years. Wash your mouth out, mouth out. Don't say that on this program. I'm not that I'm superstitious in any way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so with El Nino, yeah, we've got the rains. So La Nina, we've got the rains. And South America's, South America's got the, the hot, hotter weather. And then when it's El Nino, we get the hot weather. That's when we get our droughts. And then they get the, uh, the wet seasons right. Uh, right. a lot wetter. Okay. And so what are they forecasting is actually going to happen with our El Nino? What's, um, what, what are we expecting? Um, so, I imagine it's going to hit us in summer in particular. But yeah, exactly. Like... So that's why they're predicting towards the end of the year. Um, it's it's not completely reliable, but the, it's just a prediction, obviously. But we'll obviously get the hotter temperatures, so hopefully it won't come to pass. But yeah, we'll probably hit high, high, high for, well, mid forties uh, on a more regular basis in some parts of the country. It'll be drier. We'll get droughts. Uh, the question is, will it? last several years or will it be just the one event and then hopefully next year it'll be um it'll fizzle fizzle out and just be less intense um it's very hard to to predict these things until it starts hitting and then they can see the patterns um you know new zealand has basically just been following our weather pattern pretty much Mm, yeah i'm not surprised um yeah so that would mean it's going to be dry for them as well, then. I see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it's all part of that Pacific Ocean. So if if you're on the west side of the ocean, Pacific where we are, then yeah, New Zealand, Australia. I don't think um, Japan gets it because they're on the wrong side of the hemisphere. So for us, on the southern side, we'll get the heat um, this coming year. So yeah. Prepare, prepare yourselves for a hot, hotter summer this this year. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, um, we definitely have, definitely haven't had one for. I mean, I'm always hearing people sort of whinge. Um, you know, they want a hotter mm. summer. So I imagine yeah. it's not going to whinge this year. I personally, yeah. myself, have been very happy mm. with not having. Yeah. Them. Too much heat and not having bushfires. Yeah. I, I can handle true, true. that. Yeah, the last I, three I extreme. Oh. Sorry, a bit, bit laggy here at the moment. The last three extreme El Ninos we had were in yeah, 1982 just... to 1983, 97 to 98, and 2015 to 16. So they usually last two summers by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, yeah, that's very bright too. I remember that very well. Oh well, well look, uh, we'll have to just watch this space, unfortunately. But yeah, um, but I've got some good news. So Excellent. you know, uh, something to uh, absolutely let's land on a um, on a good thing. So in case you've never seen one, this this is a beaver. Oh, so cute. Let me get rid of Sleepy Joe. There we go. They are cute. They are. And they're very big too. Um, Mm. They're bigger than they look there. 
Um, the male, I believe, is a bit, uh, I think, quite a bit bigger than the female, I believe. But um, why are we talking about beavers? Yeah, in, in the climate. In our, um, in our climate change, uh, in our climate change uh, segment, you know, Green there done that segment. Well, when that actually goes away, I will tell you why. Because scientists are realising that beavers can help combat climate change and droughts because they build dams to create pools of water and that keeps them cool and hydrated. But the other beautiful thing about that is because it keeps them cool and hydrated, it also keeps all of the understory around the plants and the trees and the forests and all the rest. It keeps that hydrated as well. It keeps the soil hydrated. So uh, the water from the beaver pond seeps into the soil and, as I said, keeps all the plants uh, hydrated, especially during droughts. Now, just a digression here. People always talk about um, what is the problem with um, cutting down old growth forests and then as long as you're replacing them with another forest of the of even of the species that you've just cut mm. down. Well, the problem is that old growth forests require, sorry, young growth forests require a hell of a lot more water uh, and a hell of a lot more sustenance just to get them going. Mm. So during a drought, there's a better than average chance that they're going to suck up everything they have. And so anything around will not have any water. And that goes mm. with the animals, etc. when they're trying to find a bit of water somewhere when That's we have drought conditions. Point. Yeah, that makes some Whereas sense. in an old growth forest, because these things are already grown, they don't need the water. And so they can store it around their root systems and they can store it all around their understory and in the forest itself and back into the soil. Mm. And that's why it's so, so important that we do not cut down our old growth forests. Exactly. And not only that, we don't need to. So, yeah. you know, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, why we're doing it, I I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, well, that's... look at the Amazon. Look at how they're fucking that up. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, go for it. No, absolutely. They <laughs> are, absolutely. for what they do there. Yeah, well, what's his name? Bolsonaro completely fucked that up, as you so beautifully said, um, because uh, he had deals mm. with uh, farmers in those areas and was wiping out, as you say, parts of the Amazon. And if people aren't aware, the Amazon is like a carbon bank. And when it had so much forest in there, all mm. the CO2 is getting sucked into that forest throughout the world. But now there's like only 30% of that left. Yeah. So I know they're madly uh, trying to replant and recreate, but as of what I just said, it's going to take a while and it's going to take Ooh. resources. So, but anyway, beavers yeah. can essentially act as little gardeners, maintaining greenery and creating uh, hab- uh, <clears throat> habitats. Um, Emily uh, Fairfax conducted a study that founded that areas with beaver ponds were more fire resistant. Mm, so excellent. that's the other thing. That's going back water, to the forest, and... absolutely, absolutely. So that, going back to what I was just saying before about the forest. So an old growth forest, because it's already an old growth forest, it already has heaps of water going up and down the trunk. Um, mm. That's that's how it gets fed, and that's sort of how it works. 
and then it's also got its understory and all, yeah. all around that actually has um, hydration. The difference between that and and a young forest growing is that all it's doing is growing these leaves and trying to grow as fast as it can. And so everything should just burn. And there's so much fuel to burn as well. Mm. So yeah. um, so they're really dangerous. That's exactly. the other thing. They're really dangerous for fires. So anyway, the wet dirt and leaves around beaver ponds create a fireproof um, zone and beaver bubbles can protect uh, nearby mm -hmm. wildlife from wildfires. Excellent. Which... Which, win -win. which is uh, absolutely. So I was thinking when I was uh, researching this, I was thinking that how could we get beavers into Australia? Like, where, what would be a good habitat for them? What could they? What could they live in? Because I don't know. I, I'm not sure yeah. what they need. Um, I mean, I know what they need, yeah, but like weather-wise, I, I don't know because it's not like they're a uh, platypus or anything. Um, so mm. don't know. But yeah, my, anyway. my, my worry of my worry about introduced species as we know things like cane toads you just don't know until they come in what they could do that would destroy our, our habitat so yeah that, that that's 100 percent true i mean beavers have been in um uh, been in the u.s for a long time and the other thing mm. i was going to say is a book i'm about to start which i can't wait and we've talked about this before it's called wilding and you've talked about it a while ago mm which was all about um, bringing back um, like paddocks of farmland, whatever, to the sort of wild um, originality they were at the start when they had mm. like deer running around or yeah. beavers or whatever it was. Um, but in England years ago, they did have beavers. Mm. So they all wiped out now. Yeah, they don't have beavers in England uh, in wow. a while. But, but the same as everything. And everything I'm reading and everything I'm, I'm watching and researching and all the rest of it, it just shows that if you build the habitat and you build the environment for animals um, to live in, you can you can bring back almost mm. extinct species. It's it's yeah. amazing what we can do, mm. and um, and we should do. Yeah, because um, we've only got one planet and we owe it to everything on it to do everything yeah. we can to save the damn thing. So. Um, anyway, beavers have been found to benefit ecosystems in many ways, um, including reducing stream erosion, providing habitats for other animals. Uh, they've also been used in urban areas to reduce flooding and improve the water quality. Um, organizations are working to find solutions to these conflicts and promote coexistence with beavers. That's talking about the property damage that they can do um, and then leading conflicts with, guess who, humans. So <laughs> the benefits of beavers are becoming more widely recognised and accepted, leading to increased conservation efforts. And um, they play a significant role in mitigating the effects of climate change and restoring the ecosystem, as I've obviously laid out. Mm. But I just find it just absolutely incredible that an animal like that is... Uh, and, and I think as you go through our um, amazing fauna of the world, you just realise how much importance every single one of them has yeah they all the, play a role don't they they do to the ecosystem it's 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 phenomenal i mean i know i've been in the um i've been on the camp of uh, wasps why do we have wasps you know i've had i've been on that camp for a long time mm. but uh the more and more i get stuck into the garden the more and more i'm out there and the more and more 
I sort of research and, and understand ecosystems better, I realize that they're not just there to sting us or anything like that. They're actually there as pollinators as well. And yeah. um, I still can't find a use for mosquitoes, though. That I'm baffled. I'm, I'm not. Um, they would be good for dragonflies because dragonflies eat the larvae of mosquitoes. So it's a food source. Well, we need a shitload of those dragonflies in our backyard. <laughs> we do, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, especially up here in Queensland where we need them. Mind you, though, it'd be a bit like you're back in dinosaur days with <laughs> dragonflies <laughs> flying past your head. I mean, I hate mossies, don't get me wrong, but gee whiz, I don't know if I want, you know, 10 dragonflies flying past my head all the time. Yeah, I, I have seen uh, mosquitoes here almost an inch in size. No, no. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You are kidding. I'll have to take some photos, but I have seen them around, and, yeah, they're literally about an inch. Oh, my God, that's so, horrible. Well, I'm yeah. going to talk about better things. Despite the benefits of beavers, there's still <laughs> challenges to their conservation. Beavers can be seen as a nuisance, as I was just saying before, and they're hunted and trapped, and they hunt them for their tails. Why wouldn't they? Um, climate change and droughts has also threatened beaver populations. The restoration of beaver populations can be expensive, time-consuming. Sounds like it's worth it, though. Um, Organisations are working to address these challenges through research and education. The restoration of beaver populations can have a significant impact on ecosystems, climate change, mitigation. Um, And uh, as Elaine would say in um, Seinfeld, yada, 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 yada. Um, Speaking of beavers, before we end the topic, I was watching a video on YouTube that um, one of my kids showed us a few weeks ago where the American lady was talking about a beaver that she rescued. Uh, It was a baby one, so hardly lived in the wild. Parents had died. So she was bringing it up at home. But instinctively, that little baby beaver started getting things that look like sticks from around the house and then started building a dam like a wall I had one of the doors and it was just, you could see in the videos, like getting stick, moving it over, getting another one from somewhere else and just kept doing it. It's just so instinctive. It's amazing. That's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I'll make sure that the uh, articles in the show notes as we always do. I think there's a little video video that goes with this as well. So if I can't find it, I'll put it in the show notes as well. It's yeah. worth having a look at. Beavers in their natural habitat going about what they do. And, um, yeah, it's really cool to watch. So, yeah, so if I can uh, if I can round that up, I will. And uh, we'll get that done. Um, so, yeah, so that's a lot of people tonight. Now, one thing we have said on this show before is if uh, you've got any questions just to uh, – uh, Write to us at blurtstar at gmail.com or get in touch with us at uh, right, okay. uh, absolutely at uh, Twitter, Blurt New, absolutely, Spoutable, and uh, we're on Instagram. But more than that, if you have any, if you were listening to this program, and we know that we've got a couple of hundred listeners and we know that we've had about 7,000 downloads, so people are listening to this show, <laughs> um, get other people to uh, listen as well. But more than that, if you have a question, a specific question, and you have a um, idea of something that you would 
particularly like us to cover that we are not covering, please write in. Please do contact us. Well said. Well said. And uh, we, we will do everything we can to accommodate and we will answer it on the show. The other thing is, um, please write and review in, is it Spotify? Yeah, Spotify allows um, reviews. Or if you subscribe to our Substack, there are uh, areas there to leave comments and all reviews. Oh, that would be really cool as well. Yes. So if you do download the show, that'd be excellent. If you could um, comment on the Substack page, we'll be doing more and more in the Substack as days come on. Uh, sorry, as uh, the months go on and uh, there'll be a bit more uh, content to read in there. So do do that. Uh, fantastic. Thank you very much for your company as always, Wensi. Absolute pleasure. Have fun. As it always. Has been awesome. Ida Hobbit. Good night, people. Ida Hobbit. Bye. Hello, my name is Dean Park and I'm from the Kwandamooka peoples of Minjiraba, which is also known as North Stradbroke Island, just off the coast of Brisbane. It's great to be here with you today. I know there's been a lot of interest since uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese made a really, to some people, a surprising comment during the election night saying that the government was committed to a referendum on a voice to parliament. And I know that there are many people sitting out there in their lounge rooms on that night not really sure about what he meant. What we're talking about is very simple. It's just three things. Recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution, having an Indigenous voice to parliament, and the need for a referendum to make it all happen. And we want to be able to do this because this is a conversation that we have to have across the nation. This is a conversation that every single Australian needs to be part of. And so, we don't want to confuse the issue. We're not going to dive down in deep into details. This is not about the politics. This is not about making a particular point. It's simply about having a conversation with you, sharing a bit of information about Indigenous constitutional recognition, about a voice to parliament and about a referendum. And we're hoping that this is something that triggers a conversation more broadly in your families, in your workplaces, in your communities, and something that we really want the whole nation to get behind. What constitutional recognition means is acknowledging the 65,000 years of continuous connection that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have to this country. It's about Australians embracing First Nations peoples. It's about us being recognised in our constitution, in our rule book. It is a unique status as the first peoples of the Australian nation. And it's about, I guess, having that, that sense of this is where we started as a people and as a nation. And that's really, really important in terms of the relationship that we have between First Australians and everyone else. Yeah, I can't tell you how much that means, you know, to to our community, to our nation, to myself, to my family, uh, to not have to uh, argue for that basic recognition to be recognised as First Nations, that we belong here and that we have a right to be heard. It took until 2017, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to very firmly say what meaningful constitutional recognition looked like to us. It's recognising our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the founding document of our nation. And how do we embrace First Nations peoples as the first peoples of this country, which is unique and different to anywhere else in the whole world? It's unfinished business and it's about time that uh, we recognise that the Aboriginal people were living on this continent, Torres Strait Islanders were inhabiting our homelands,
And that recognition in the Constitution is going to go a long way to uh, healing past injustices in the in the modern history of Australia. I remember when I was um, one of facilitating a NATO event for school, um, when I've asked, like, you know, mob at school if they want to do a dance or if they want to sing or do storytelling or something like that. Um, it, there's that shame factor, like, oh, I'm scared to 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 voice my culture and to talk about it. And then, but with this, I believe it will make make them actually feel valued and empower, empowered in their own country as First Nations Australians. Yeah. In 1967, the Australian public voted overwhelmingly to allow the Commonwealth Government to make laws about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people before it hadn't had that power. Meaningful, real constitutional recognition had to come through a voice. It had to be about this voice to Parliament. There are too many issues in our communities which mean that we can't just have symbolic recognition. There needs to be practical change alongside that. Uh, But then also you know, what a lot of people talk about, the practical kind of things that come along with that and the power of that symbolism too is that, you know, not only are you recognising us finally, but you, you actually have to listen to us and talk to us and we, we have a say, we get to sit at the table where the decisions are made, which for too long have been made without us. And, you know, one of the things in my family that we always talk about uh, is all the uh, kind of things that have happened in the Barma Forest and the Wirai Forest and all the um, environmental degradation, but what happened to our families there and um, actually being able to have a seat at the table with people like, you know, Victoria and New South Wales Parks and Wildlife type people with the government on, you know, when they're making the leasing decisions that are impacting our families uh, when it comes to the history of economic development in those areas. I think the important thing in constitutional recognition is that it puts Indigenous people firmly in the founding document of modern Australia. And it's not putting us in the constitution in a way that someone else has suggested we should be. It's putting us in the constitution in the way Indigenous people have decided they want to be recognised in the constitution. And that's important because it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people deciding for themselves what they want, asking the Australian people to support them in that, and then that being enshrined in the document that defines the way the nation works. In a way, our most important document in Australia. The Uluru Statement very clearly said that if we are going to do this, if we are going to formally and finally do constitutional recognition for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, it's got to be through the voice. And just for having our voice in, you know, enshrined in the constitution, it doesn't only have like an impact now, but has impact on the generations to come. And is an important first step in building a shared future for our country. The new Blurred is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Glass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.